0: by the way kind of a story. And I'm so glad that it's there. Because if it wasn't there then the book of Acts especially the first part of the book it doesn't make any sense. Because you know what Peter did. Peter after promising that he would go to Jesus wherever he went he would, he would endure anything. He, he would always have Jesus' back. little girl came up to him. He was warming the fire outside of Pilate's Hall. You with Jesus? No. I'm sure I saw you with Jesus. I am not one of his followers. You, you, you him, It sounds like you're one of those guys from Galilee. I'm telling you, I never knew him. Three times. So the book of Acts doesn't make any sense. The book of Acts says on chapter 1. It's Peter that says to the rest of the disciples, we have to replace Judas. Jesus selected 12 of us to follow him. It's a fulfillment of scripture. We have to, we have to find a replacement. And they, they do. In chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls upon the church. And, and they speak in, in languages with which they were not born. And people thought that they must be drunk or something, and and it's Peter that steps up and 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 he announces what this all means. It's Peter. In chapter ten, uh, there's this guy Cornelius. He's totally outside of the Jewish faith, totally. The Holy Spirit comes to him, and he comes to Peter. Gives to him a vision. You know, there's a blanket that comes down from heaven. There are all kinds of animals. don't so kill, eat, and no, no, I've, I've never done anything like that. And, and, and what it leads to is the beginning of the Gentile mission. That's why you and I are here, <laughs> because of the Gentile mission. It began with Peter and the revelation that was given to him. That doesn't make any sense. Peter had given up. Peter stopped following. Peter didn't understand what was happening. Peter was filled with unbelievable pain. totally confused. He was angry at God, maybe angry at Jesus. He, He didn't get this. And when Jesus needed him the most, denied ever knowing him. So What do you mean Peter becomes the spokesman for the disciples? Would make no sense if it were not for John chapter 21 that was just read for us. Peter was out on a boat. He and his disciples... uh, In his moment of discouragement and despair, he says, I'm going back fishing. It's what he knew. It's what he was comfortable with. It's how he could make a living. The, the previous years were glorious in some ways but in other words it's kind of a blur in the midst of his sadness his depression, his sorrow he didn't understand what happened to Jesus and at this point he was disappointed with himself hmm. he'd heard rumors he heard that the tomb was empty. He had heard that there had been a resurrection. But when he ran to the tomb he didn't see anything except the empty tomb. That's all he saw. I, on the basis of chapter 21 I would suggest to you that Peter wasn't there. When Jesus went into this upper room where the disciples were meeting behind closed doors and Jesus just appears to them and and then breathes on them and says receive the Holy Spirit I I, I don't think I don't think Peter was there for that he'd gone fishing he and his friends had fished all night and caught nothing Well, that's how it all began. You remember, Luke chapter 5 tells the story. Peter was out fishing all night. He and his brother, his father, they didn't catch anything. And so discouraged, they come back to shore in the morning, And as he approaches the shore, there's a crowd. As he gets closer, he sees that Jesus is at the edge of the of the lake and he's teaching. (laughs) Oh, he knew Jesus. He had heard some of his teachings. Jesus had healed Peter's mother in law. He knew Jesus. He knew who he was. And so while he's there, you know, cleaning his nuts along with his brother and his father, he's he's listening. And when Jesus is teaching, he, Jesus goes over to Peter and says, Peter, and my a boat. I want to just shout out just a little bit because the, the, they're, they're crowding me so much I can hardly breathe. Oh, oh no problem, he gives He gets into the boat and he finishes teaching. He says, Peter, oh, let's push out a little bit. No problem. Oh, uh, Peter, guys, let down your boat. Let down your nets for, for a catch thanks anyway Jesus I appreciate that we've been fishing all night no no just put on nets and when they do there is an incredible catch that's so huge that it nearly broke their nets and then Peter realized who this Jesus was and he melts Jesus, Jesus, get away from me. I am a man of uncoming names. I am an ungodly person. I don't deserve to be in your presence. It's okay, Peter. Listen. I want you to put away your nets. I want you to come. Follow me. I will make you to catch people for the kingdom of God's sake. He does. He leaves it all, and the three most incredible years are before him. Just amazing. Until a few days ago, when they entered Jerusalem, and he, he goes into the, to the temple and he kicks over the money changers and chases out the animals and, and screams, You will not make my father's house a den of thieves. And all of a sudden, everybody realizes, Jesus, you just signed your death warrant. He cannot, he will not, he would not survive that. After three years, Peter, maybe the others, felt like everything that they had put their hope and trust in was gone. and when he was crucified (laughs) and not only nailed Jesus to a cross and hammered a nail into the coffin of his decision no more no I don't know him I don't know that Jesus I thought I knew him I don't know him. You can imagine the kind of discouragement, disappointment with himself, a sense of despair. He'd heard rumors. Jesus. Alive? Well, doesn't matter. Because if he knew what I said, he wouldn't want me. Not me. Once we were dead, but if he knows these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's alive. I don't know what that means, but it really doesn't apply to me. Because if Jesus really knew me, he would totally reject me. That's where he was at. Maybe you've been there. Maybe there was a time in your life when you were so excited about your newfound faith in Christ. Life happens. Things happen. And you blew it. You've thought some things, you've said some things, you've done some things, and you'd you take it back if you could. But what's the other thing? You can't unsay them. You can't undo them. They're done. And you're not so much disappointed with God, which was last week's theme. You're just disappointed with yourself. And you feel deep down inside if God knew, He'd have nothing to do with you. Maybe you've been there. So He's out fishing with His disciples and another one of those knights, all working on and on, and they caught nothing. And as they come back to shore, there's somebody on shore. As they get closer, he can see the smoke going up from the, the little fire that he had built. And as they get closer, they can hear him. He calls out, Gotcha with him! No! Huh. <laughs> If you ever see a fisherman come back and they haven't caught anything after hours and hours, don't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> well, taking nets, throw them on the wrong right side of the boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Guys, do you remember, do you remember back when, oh, what the heck? Let's throw out and there was such a catch that it nearly sunk the boat. It's true. He is alive. Jesus, and Peter takes off his own garments and he jumps into the water because he can fish faster. He can swim faster than his fishing boat is going to go. Then he swims to Jesus, and you can imagine the picture of big hugs and so forth. And, and then, as the as the boat comes in, all the they they, they have this big pile fish on the, on the ground are going to take care of it soon. But Jesus says, come come have something to eat. I've, i have some fresh fried fish for you. By the way, for a fisherman, that's the best breakfast of all. <laughs> so they sit down and they eat together. It's the resurrected Jesus. After breakfast... Jesus says, Peter, we need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. He knew it was coming. He expected Jesus to say, Peter, I know what you did. I know what you said. He expected Jesus to say how could you be so stupid? He knows because he said it to himself a million times. He expected to say gee, Peter, I, I expected more from you. He would have said I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He said, I thought that you were going to be a great person. You had such great promise. But now it's over. That's what he expected. But Jesus says something different. Peter, do you love me? Oh, oh, yeah, sure, of course, we are buddies, we're friends, you know, I highly respect you. I I really appreciate all the good things that you have done. (laughs) Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Listen, listen, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus, I think you're the greatest. We well, haven't been friends for so long, I mean, it's amazing. Feed my sheep. It's the the same calling. It's the same calling that he heard three years ago. Peter, go out and fish for people. Care about people. Listen to people. Get into the needs of people. Tell people that God loves them tell people about the eternal gospel. Come, come. I want you to catch people. It's the same calling. If you love me, come back to what I had called you to. Come back and do What I asked you to do, what you haven't even have some experience at doing, come back and follow me. Peter, do you love me? not the question. The question is, do you love me? Would you know that I'd turn my back on you and walk away, you? That's not the question. question is, do you love me? If you love me, come back. It'll cost you. Let's be serious. When you're not going to be, put your, not be able to put your own clothes on, there's going to be a time when somebody else is going to lead you to where you don't want to go. I'm not asking you to return to a piece of cake. There's a price to be paid. Oh, it is so worth it. It is such a marvelous, marvelous thing to serve Jesus Christ and to be a part of His kingdom and to see people helped and to to see God's kingdom grow. It's, It's the most wonderful, it's the most marvelous thing in the world. It's wonderful, but let's be serious. There is a price. Peter, do you love me? I can only see tears flowing down the face of Peter. Jesus, you have no idea how I love you. I am so sorry, I can't take it back, but I'm so sorry. Peter, feed my sheep. Come back. Come back to what I called you to do. That's our calling. If you're like me, you've there have been moments when you've blown it. That's not the issue here. The question is. Do you love me? Will you follow me? Will you come back? Will you do what I asked you to do? Let's pray. As you pray in the quietness of your pew, let Jesus speak to you, and if the answer when he asks, do you love me, will you say yes? Will you come back? Will you come to him? Will you give your life to him in a fresh new way? Will you pray with me? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry about my bad decisions. I'm sorry about my failures. But if you want me, Here I am. Take me. Fill me. Use me. For your kingdom's sake. Amen.
1: Life, the ups and downs. Joy comes from a consistent and focused relationship with Jesus Christ. First Peter, chapter one, verse eight. I'm about to close out here. I'm going to turn it back over to Kathy, and she's going to I don't know what she's going to do. <laughs> First Peter, chapter one, verse eight. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Aren't you? Do you know anyone who's living this level of life? Joy unspeakable, full of joy. Do you know anyone? How do we live a focused life in Christ? Verse 14, and then I'm, I think I'm done. Kathy, is that okay? <laughs> John 15, verse 14. Watch this. You are my friends if you do what I command. God expects our obedience. He expects it. He doesn't just want us to obey. He demands that we obey. Wow. What kind of life are you living? It is, a, is it a life that counts? Is Jesus Christ the focus of your life? That means that everything you do centers around him. Everything. I'll close with this one sentence. Christianity, a Christian, disciple, follower of Jesus, is not a part-time life, a sometime life. It is not. It's an all-time life. It's a surrendered life. Giving up of self. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, that is the cry of our hearts this morning. Your people calling in repentance. Forgive us of our self-righteousness, of our pride, of our disobedience, a selfish life. That, Lord, we come before you this morning with one desire upon our hearts, and that's living a focused life in you and through you. Lord, I pray, and this is a bold prayer, whatever it takes, Lord, in the life of your people, professing Christians, your church, whatever it takes to bring us to our knees and live a life centered on you. Put it before us, Lord. It before us. And in making that statement, I see one person. I see Jesus Christ. And then I see the power of the Holy Spirit working upon those that are within the sound of these words, this prayer, whether it be in this building or online. Specifically, people online. You're welcome in the house of the Lord. Don't make him a life of convenience. God is calling us to be one in Christ Jesus. So Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit moves within those that have been listening. Those that have ears to hear. And the Holy Spirit moves them before your throne on their knees in repentance and a desire to abide, to remain in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please stand, respond to how God has spoken to you this morning, whether you be here physically or you're visiting us online, there are people online that will respond to you in prayer, information giving. Whatever it may you may need in your life this morning, you can find it in Christ Jesus. Kathy?